Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to episode 10 of uh, Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. I'm Chris. I'm joined by my partner in crime, Tim. Just back from Christmas. How was your Christmas, Tim? Awesome. I went, I went to Paris. You went to Paris? I spent in Paris. Uh, away from everybody. It was great. I didn't have to see any of you buggers. <laughs> just buggered off to Paris. Mm. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I mean, the metro strike made getting around difficult and expensive as buggery because you had to catch a taxi after right? yeah. But it was, it was amazing. I'm not a metropolitan guy. I don't like cities very much, right? But of all the cities I've been in, Paris is one of only two I could happily live in because wow. everyone there's as grumpy and surly as I am. It's been marvellous. <laughs> It's expensive. No, it's, it's no more expensive than, than here, really. I mean, the touristy trap places are kind of expensive, but it's not, okay. you know, no, it's, it's far cheaper than Dublin, and it's not as expensive as London. So, yeah, I, I yeah, loved it. Yeah, jolly old time. I had a tip-top bloody time there. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think I'll be spending Christmas in the UK again. <laughs> wow. Because it's okay. more fun to be away. It, well, because, yeah, well, Christmas Eve, what, like, what do we do Christmas Eve? What, the after trio? Yeah, in the cool. And they had um, several of the unknown soldier. Yeah, yeah. Like the eternal flame and stuff, and he was really, oh, okay, moving, cool. really touching, really. Yeah. And then it's like back to the hotel, and you know, beers on Christmas Eve, and there's no fuss, no, you know, yeah. Nobody was, you know, making a big oh, let's all be Christmas, let's all be jolly. No, it's like that. You know, I just sat in the bar with uh, Emma and Siobhan and we ate peanuts nice. and, and drank beer. It was great. And yeah. And you know, I, I did see a picture of you at uh, Jim Morrison's grave. Yes. I went to see Jim uh, Jim Douglas Morrison's grave. Because <laughs> he, he was all right, chilling, you know. A bit lazy like, lying around, doing nothing. <laughs> Smelled a bit funny, but, you know, apart from that, it was all good. So, yeah, I mean, it's 2020 it to, to people by your age. Yeah. This is the future. I mean, Running Man has happened. Blade Runner's happened. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future 2 has happened. That's terrible, yeah. All the films we've yeah. done, they've all happened. Yeah. We're like, but, but, but where's my hoverboard? <laughs> Exactly. Where's my flying car? I want a replicant to, 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 to do my housework for me. There's no replicants. That's what I'm most pissed off about. Yeah. Where's my sex robot? <laughs> I, I have no sex robot. They I, don't you know, I'm going to have to write a stern letter to somebody because they're a yeah, fully functional sex robot that you can actually you know, interact Dear with. Dear Ridley Scott. Not, <laughs> you not, promised. Not a blow-up doll with a, with, with, a, with a computer chip sat in the back of its head who just vibrates occasionally and says things in some hand job. That's not my idea of sex robot. Okay. So we got loads up lined up for 2020. So make sure you subscribe to the show. On iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, just to make sure you don't miss out. Today's show, we'll have the second part of our interview with uh, Jana Stark, English Dogs and Prodigy guitarist Gizbert. We'll be talking about the annual WWE extravaganza, the Royal Rumble. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and uh, you'll be getting our thoughts on, of course, a ton of other nonsense. Yeah, including Star Wars. The Rise of Skywalker. We're oh, both so good. We're both the other side now. It's so good. Uh, the last episode we were like waiting on on the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Now you get to find out what we thought. And we both cried. I bet. I bet you cried. Oh yeah, I cried. Of course I cried. I cried. I was blubbering. My, my, boy... <laughs> my boy was cuddling me. <laughs> I was trying not to cry. You can feel my chest. <laughs> Monkey spasms at the end of the film, like. Yeah, and all sorts of other stuff is going to get analysed by us, as always. But first of all, Tim is mad as hell, and he's not going to take it anymore. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! What is it this time, Tim? Bloody Dracula. 
Okay, it, go it, on. It was, it was dreadful. So we're talking about the BBC it, adaptation. We are, we are, right? By Mark Gattis. Yes, for his name. yes we are. Mark Gattis and bloody Stephen Moffat. Absolutely abortionate. Why didn't you... I, I love this. Have thing. you read the book? Yes. Right. What happened? Yeah. Oh, we're so clever. Let's, let's take Bram Stoker's novel and change it all about arseways. No. Stoker wrote the book. The book is what it is. Okay. Stick to the plot or don't. Don't try to be all clever up your own arseholes. Don't you think it's been done to death, though? No, it hasn't. That's the point. How many faithful adaptations of Dracula have you seen on screen? Go on. On screen? Okay, yeah. On screen, on film. Right. So, so you you wanted the definitive. I wanted. St- I want. I want. There have been, to my knowledge, right? Yeah. Okay. There was, uh, even Lugosi's Dracula was based upon the stage play rather than the actual. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All yeah. right. So, uh, Louis Jordan's version it was 1976, the film version. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was close to the novel. Okay. Um, even the Frank Langella one from 1979, that's based on the play. Yeah. There's a BBC adaptation in 77 or 78, which I've never seen. Which is like all gothic floats around with real people <laughs> flapping their arms and stuff and trying to be all like Victorian yeah. and melodramatic. That was based on the book. Okay. I wanted a writer of Mark Gattis's class, mm. talent and ability, because the dude is awesome. Oh, he is, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, I wanted him, knowing how much he loves horror, to, to produce a definitive version of it. I, okay. And then Stephen Moffat obviously bumbled in. Oh, well, I know better than everybody. <laughs> I ruined Doctor Who. I'm going to ruin Dracula too. And that's exactly what he did. Okay. I thought Dracula looked like a fat James Bond. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. And he over-egged the pudding completely, hammed it right up. James Bond. Right. And taking out, taking out Jonathan Harker yeah. in the first part yeah. of the thing. It's, it's all right. So you enjoyed the first part, yeah? To, to no, a point. No, I didn't no, no, watch no. part two and part three. I got synopses off people and I just thought, what a load of old balls. Because you take Harker out, you take part Harker out the first part. Yeah, yeah. Why? What? Where's Jack? Who's going to warn everybody in London or everybody in the UK that Dracula's coming? Because Harker is 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 the, is the alarm. Yeah. Harker's the air raid warning siren that lets everybody know that Dracula's coming. So what does he do? He just sinks in his ship and then he turns up in the twentieth century. Yeah. It takes him all that time to walk across the bottom of the ocean. It takes him all that all those years yeah. to walk a couple hundred miles. What a shit vampire. Sorry. <laughs> what a shit vampire. Terrible monster. Yeah. If it takes you 100 years to walk 200 miles, yeah. right, there are people with no legs and no arms doing like charity ambles that will do that in a week. <laughs> okay. Terrible monster. Dreadful. I thought it was get awful. Really? Absolutely dreadful. Wow. I'm really surprised by that thing. Oh, no. It, it just made me, it made me feel me. It made you mad as Get this crap off. <laughs> I Did any element you liked at all? No. Nothing at all? <laughs> Nothing. There was... N- um, no. I'm I just thought he was to... quite a classic-looking Dracula, though. Fat, it I, I say again, Fat James Bond. <laughs> he just looked like a Fat James Bond. They didn't make him overly sexy, you know? Or, but Dracula's supposed to have a mysterious charisma yeah, and a yeah. dark attraction, right? Yeah. And by looking like, you know, like I said, Fat James Bond, he just... No. <laughs> was there um, Clyde's... Cl- Close bangers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been um, rumoured to be uh, James Bond. Well, I should stop watching James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should watch. I should, I should, I should watch it no more. Because <laughs> <laughs> James Bond is not supposed to be that chunky. Never has there been a James Bond that chunky since A View to a Kill when Roger Moore was like, oh, dude, you've got to give it up, man. You're 58 and you're running around with like, all these saucy young fillies and trying to prove the action yeah. hero. 
I'm 47. There's no way I could run up the Eiffel Tower. My knees would give out halfway. But I'm fucking no, it's just not believable. Did I'm you sorry. did you like the um, Gary Oldman? I did actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. That's surprising. Apart me, from Keanu Reeves' dreadful accent. Yes. Which is just you know. Yeah. Oh, dude, no, no, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just no. But it because it's hard. It, it caught. It got the idea that Dracula is a love story. The great thing about Francis Ford Coppola's version is that it makes you sympathise with Dracula, it makes you see him in a different light. Hmm. You know, rather than just seeing him as just a monster, well, the monster him, yeah. driven by by love hmm. rather than anything else. He's not driven by I would want to destroy the entire human race. It's yeah, the yeah. love that drives him. And that is I suppose it, they did really life. veer away from all that, didn't they? I mean it was I like the surprise out of it, but yeah, if you're looking for some if you're looking for Bram Stoker's version of oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be sort of disappointed as you the were. The thing is, if you think you're going to improve upon a literary classic, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's brave, isn't it? Right, so you've got Stephen Moffat and Mark Gattis both began their careers doing the same thing. Yeah. And they both started writing Doctor Who novels. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I've read Mark Gattis' Doctor Who novels and I've read Stephen Moffat's Doctor Who novels. I know who the better writer is from my point of view. Okay. All right. But it's not Stephen Moffat. <laughs> I won't give it away, but it's not Stephen Moffat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> no. Did you no. like Sherlock? His take on I love Sherlock. Uh... But that's close. I think that's more Gattis writing that than it is yeah. Moffat and Moffat doing more of a showrunning thing. Okay. Because it feels more like a Gattis, Gattis wrote that. It feels more... Yeah. in, And you'll see the difference between Sherlock and Dracula. Yeah. Okay, and there's an equal division of ideas have gone into Dracula. Okay. And all the good ones were Mark Gatters and all the shit ones were Stephen Moffat. Right, okay. So, so that's what's making you as mad as hell I, I, this I week. Was so cross, man. I was so looking forward to it as well. Right? It was it was just as bad as the recent adaptation of War of the Worlds, which was just like, don't even get me started on that. I don't know, I've avoided that because of the oh, terrible reviews. From people I trust. So bad. From people I trust. Just so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad. All the flash forward stuff, completely unnecessary. Another bright to think, I can, I can improve Let's on the original. Let's be clever, yeah. I can improve on the original, I can do better. No, yeah, H.G. Who? H.G. Who are bad. <laughs> Fact of the man from 1920, yeah, I can do better. No, you can't. No, you can't improve on these classics, so don't try. Just stick to the source material yeah. and make that as best you can yeah and okay. if you can't do that just you know don't yeah just don't bother just, just don't yeah. it's like this is idea for Frankenstein no no you don't <laughs> just leave it alone go away I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore so let's move on to uh, Doctor Who has kicked back into 2020 yeah very good awesome. it is yeah excellent stuff yeah I, I, I mean, I, I think we, we touched, touched upon this last episode. We all agree she's a good doctor. She just needed the right sort of stories and the right yeah. sort of to, to really kick it into overdrive. And this series has done that. Yeah, so far, yeah. Yeah, first, I mean, I haven't seen the third episode. You were busy watching when I turned up. Like, exactly. I, I had to make my way through the rain and hail to make it here, like, oh, what was me? I shall check from near and far <laughs> to get here to record this. I miss Doctor Who. I got <laughs> sat there, the am I watching this? And I don't know no, it was again. It was another good episode. So solid episode. I just like the idea about the, about the master destroying Gallifrey. That is going to be fun. How how that's going to tie in towards the end of the series? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I like. I mean, Moffat brought Gallifrey back, didn't he? Yeah. Um, they're like bollocks. I'm not sure it was him that brought it back. I'm sure. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. it was in his I'm, time. It was in his time. But yeah. I'm sure it was a far superior writer who got the idea. <laughs> but yeah, they just they've just gone. Yeah, bollocks to that. Yeah. Gallifrey's back. Yeah. Oh, what or can we do? Gallifrey. 
but you said it was destroyed in the first series. Ah, yeah. Let's all be clever and do wibbly wobbly tiny wind stuff. <laughs> and that's how we do it. But that's what we love about Doctor Who. Yeah, Jodie Whittaker is fantastic. She is, yeah, yeah. You know, and Bradley Walsh is cool too. Oh, I like Bradley Walsh a lot. But the thing about Bradley Walsh, what, is, what really strikes me as being odd is my daughter's generation, they all love Bradley Walsh. Really? Yeah, oh, mate. He's what? like cultural icons, right, to my daughter and her mates. Yeah. Bradley Walsh, and before he went all Tory and started nicking on Boris Johnson's ball bag, yeah. Philip Schofield. Really? Yeah. Well, where the hell did that come from? No, well, maybe because, like, uh, Schofield does Instagram and Snapchat, and he's always there with a picture with gin or something. Oh, like uh, okay. So you just see him as a bit of a legend. Right, right. Bradley Walsh, because he does the chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, that's why, because he does the chase, and he does that show with his son, doesn't he? Yes. And they're all like that, and they all see him yeah. being like, like, and he's a great companion. Well, he's, what's the last thing he did? I can't remember. He did something else on TV, didn't he, before this? He did that thing about being a detective or something. Yeah, that was it. And he was really good in that. And I think people go, whoa, Black Bradley Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, as, a, as an assistant, I say sister. Oh! That's a 1970s, as a companion, he's fantastic. Yeah, he is. He yeah. really is, and he's really got it down. And he reigns in the other two to the point where you've got a trio in the TARDIS along with the Doctor again. So you've got a quartet in the TARDIS. And it makes it interesting. It makes the dy- the dynamic works. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of, you know, the first two episodes, lots of running around, lots of time stuff. You know, lots of talking about the, the, the dawn of the age of computers and quoting Charles Babbage and his different engine. It's like, oh, yes. Yes, excuse me, Kleenex time. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. I need some alone time. <laughs> no, so yeah, definitely thumbs up from us for the, yes, new, the new season. Yeah. The force will be with you. Always. We're, we're dying to talk about it. This could take up a lot of time. Star Wars, Rise The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, it's all over. Mate. We've seen it. Nearly killed me. Damn you. Well, nearly killed me because I did the triple line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you did. Yeah, for all that, yeah. Well, me and my mate Mark, we thought, oh, well, let's do it properly. We'll go for dinner first. I did the cinema for six o'clock and we were like the first people in. So we took our seats and we had, we had pockets full of coffee and shit. And we just like lined it up all around us. <laughs> and there were people coming in with blankets and all sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like six o'clock, it kicks off. Force Awakens and everybody's there. Mark starts to doze off in the Force Awakens. Him, man. Elbows. Wake up, man! Yeah, yeah. Bam! <laughs> just wake up! And then so the Force Awakens goes by, and you got a little break, and we got to get coffee, come back in, and the Last Jedi kicks in, and the Last Jedi still get, I still maintain the Last Jedi gets better the more you watch it. I think so. Right, repeated viewers make it better. Yeah. And then it was time for us to Skywalk, and it was great. Oh, it was just from beginning. There was there were a couple of missteps eh, in that it felt like they, they tried to cram too much into one film. Yeah, Again, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would have preferred to be split over two films. Yeah, I'd go with that. But um, but there's a lot of people moaning about you know yeah like like you, like you say it was um they crammed too much in but the, you know they could have done it with two films but you know yeah. I think they, they wanted to answer a lot of questions didn't they? Yes. They're never gonna answer everything. There's always gonna be because people see Star Wars all different angles. Right. People got Star Wars, you know, from all but different But it means different things to different people. Yeah, the yeah. story, you know, makes different connections with different people. So you never yeah. want to be able to please everybody all the time. I think you had a checklist yeah. of, like, stuff you had to sort yeah. out. And it's like, tick, tick, tick. Yeah, every, yeah. every major box was ticked, as far as yeah. I was concerned. Right? And, you know, I did have a... <laughs> oh, yeah. Monkey spasm go Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah. you know... I'm trying to think what the first one was. Was it when... Uh, was it Han Solo? I think it was when Han Solo showed up. Oh, dude, kill me. Yeah. Well, I think that was my, the first time I went. 
Uh, oh, sorry, sort of blubbering. <laughs> yeah, and Kylo Ren's charge at the end. Oh, that was magnificent. Yes. Just you know, plowing the battle, killing everybody. We threw his lightsaber. Yeah, and yeah. just becoming who he was always meant to be. Yeah. And that was wonderful. Mm. And at the end, sure. when he just goes, he just goes. <laughs> Uh, the Emperor looked amazing. I thought it was just... It, yeah. was, it looked gnarly. It was dark. He had that bloody machine holding together sort of thing. It was just... It was, it was great. He had those... That crowd of people around him. You know, those sort All of... All those would-be Sith. Yeah. And Richard E. Grant doing a pretty good job as being, you know... Yeah. And when he turns... Well, um, when he kills, like, the dude from um, the Harry Potter... Oh, right, yeah. Uh, I know, yeah. 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 And it's like... I spent all this time... Building my character up over two phones, then Richard Grant just turns on you, black yeah. chest, and that's it. Your job done. You're over. And yeah, then, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's really? it. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you dig the whole Snoke thing? That you know, Snoke was just a puppet in the whole thing, and I just, think it's a good idea. I think yeah. it's a really good idea. I think it's a really clever idea. It's always been Palpatine, basically. Yeah, it's always. But it's always been yeah. So Control. Always been about puppet master. Because there can only ever be one Sith. Yeah. There's one there's one master and there's one apprentice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So you've got Kylo Ren. Oh, crap. <laughs> so that was, that was That's <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Um, so there's one master and one apprentice. Yeah. Right? So, so, and if the apprentice the apprentice kills the master that easily, but he's still the apprentice, because that's essentially what Kylo Ren was. Who was the master? Who was... Yeah, exactly. strength. Yeah. And so it was Palpatine. Yeah. You know, he had his father, he had his grandfather and he had him. Because there was a feeling that they got the last Jedi wrong. Sorry, yeah, the last Jedi they got that wrong, wasn't it? Amongst certain fans, I don't think so. But right. there was amongst certain fans, they were like, "Oh, the last Jedi, they got it all wrong, and they were just tidying up the bits." Right. But I, I, I don't think so at all. I don't. How are you supposed to get it right? Yeah, it's just like as I say, you know, there's always going to be people who. Um... It's it's like somebody's vision. It's when somebody says, you know, oh well. I didn't like the last Jedi, but I, I love the Phantom Menace. My answer is, oh, <laughs> because the Phantom Menace sucked balls. <laughs> right, but the last Jedi was a great film. Phantom Menace is such a, uh, it's two different things for me. It's like the great character that is Darth Maul. Absolutely love Darth Maul. Yeah, but one swallow does not a summer make. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I've enjoyed Darth Maul. Makes, ha- makes a happy chap, but it doesn't make a. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed it more in the Clone Wars cartoons. I've not Darth seen the Clone Wars cartoons. I've not seen the cartoons. But him in, the, in that, Darth Maul right. is an absolutely great character. And obviously he shows up in uh, the Han Solo movie so as well. Long, yeah. yeah. Um, great character. And um, I just think... Uh, I'm just going to say yeah. one name to you, okay? Go on. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. On <laughs> the story. And... When George Lucas really lost me in the Phantom Menace, yeah. is when he introduced Anakin Skywalker, and Anakin Skywalker goes, "Yippee!" Oh yeah. Any character. That's Darth Vader. Any, in any film, yeah, Darth Vader doesn't go. Never went yippee ever. No. Never said yippee. I know it's like even Darth Vader was a little boy. He's like, yeah. I never said yippee when I was a child, and I'm pretty sure you did. No. All right. No. Yeah, it was um, there was some hammy dialogue in, in those three movies yeah because George Lucas can't write dialogue for shit yeah you know? doing Revenge of the Sith so we got Obi-Wan and Anakin they're fighting to the death now they're floating on these they're force floating on that's these that's a rocks. scene yeah but when he's like but from my point of view the Jedi are evil mm. it's almost like you don't need to tell us that it's like he's you know 
excuse me, people at home watching, yeah. just so you know, he's the evil one. Here's some more exposition yeah. for you, because you know, we haven't spent six films yeah. explaining to you that Anakin Skywalker is Darth yeah. Plague Invader. Yeah. Now back to the action. <laughs> you know? It was just stuff like that. But yeah, that scene, apart from that tiny bit, was amazing. Right. You but know what else was annoying about that film? No! Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh. Give me a break. Where is Padme? Is she safe? She's dead. No! It seems you killed her! <laughs> Chris just did it. Chris just did it. Would you like any sweetie, little girl? That's <laughs> Kido Ak with his long coat on. Yeah, back to Rise of Skywalker. Um, Rise of Skywalker. It was just um perfect end. It was. You know? Who, uh, but it ended, the same, it ended the same way it should be. Who are you? I'm yeah. What goes wrong, you know, yeah. it all comes around. Twin sons. It? Yeah. Tatooine. Yeah. R2-D2. Perfect. One more do you need. Yeah. You don't need anything more. That's it. You know, and I'm sure that Disney will capitalise on it extremely well. And, yeah. You know, because now I want to go to Galaxy's Edge more than I've ever wanted to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I want to just go. I'm here to see the Millennium <laughs> Falcon. I'd be like with the rest of the you know forty something year old blokes just crying when they yeah. see it and wanting to touch it. Oh, and it exploded. <laughs> I was almost in te- like I was in tears, but I almost exploded in just in tears when um she looks at the suns and then it's Luke and Leia in the suns. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Fuck. Tear my heart out. Hit, hit, hit you right in all the fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more my fields. They all pulled out yeah. at once. But the, um, so the credits are coming up. Yeah. And they're like three quarters of the way through the credits. And I'm sure they're going... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, imagine what it... So I'm, I'm in there. It's, it's like half two in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the credits start rolling. And you've got an entire cinema full of like people. <laughs> yeah. And you can hear... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all across them that's all you can hear yeah. and everybody's leaving us they're leaving us <laughs> there's people in the foyer because obviously I did it at the midnight yeah. as well and there's people in the foyer going oh it's okay <laughs> <Yeah>. bastards <Yeah. laughs> literally but it was yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and if anybody yeah. didn't you know then why didn't you? People take it too seriously. People take Star Wars too seriously. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is like a religion, doesn't I mean, you know? Yeah, but you know, look at what the mag, the mags, the the films are. I mean, they are kids' movies. Yeah. That's what they are, and people are like, oh well, you know, this, this, and that, and this. And it's like, no, just see if it is. You know, enjoy it. Go in. Yeah, just enjoy the films. Don't read more into it. If you want to read more into it, read the books. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let the it's books fill in the blanks. Yeah. But they want everybody wants everything handed on to them. Like you know, they want all the answers in that movie. If there was, if there was an answer they didn't have, it's like oh well that movie was shit. It didn't answer this or that or. Well, here's the thing. Use your imagination. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's yeah, what yeah. There for. yeah, and they you know they fill up the universe with the books and the comics yeah. and the, and the cartoons and that's how they fill the universe. The thing is, the universe expanded all the more. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like the Mandalorian, which I still haven't seen. No, I'm still waiting for. I'm still I, I refuse to go the uh, the terrible piracy route on the internet that all those. <laughs> I've avoided it so oh, far. People who are like, I can't wait to see the Mandalorian. I'm going to go and watch it on the Pirate Bay or whatever. Get a life. Watch it when it comes out. Binge it over a weekend. You but know? I'm good to I feel like the whole season spoiled for me anyway. Um, you know what? I've avoided every spoiler. I like seeing the, the, the Baby Yoda memes are kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've avoided any spoilers. When anybody says, in this episode of the Mandalorian, it's like, nope. Blanking out. I don't know yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. I don't know any of the storylines. Don't care, don't want to know. I'll watch it when it comes out. Yeah. You know, I'm happy now that Kenobi's gone in, gone into production. I'm happy that oh, there's going to be a, a Rogue One series going mm-hmm. into, into production. I'm happy to get the Disney stream platform when it comes out, and I will just binge Disney stuff, Star Wars stuff, and Marvel stuff to my heart's content. 
This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. But I mean, talk about like the binge and the Marvel stuff. Like the new DC series Titans is back for the second season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Netflix. Have you watched the first season? Se- season one was so good. Have you watched any season two yet? Not yet. Season two kicks season one's backside within three episodes. Really? It's so good. Whoa, okay. All right, and it's so I watched. I did five episodes on Friday night. The women route was just like, what am I going to do? I shall sit here in my underpants. I have I have cider from <laughs> some place. I have a, a big bag of hot spicy crisps and I have Titans. Lights go out. Roll them. <laughs> five episodes. Damn. So you've done you've done the five, yeah? I've done five and there's like thirteen. Yeah. Um, in this series, so I'll get around. Uh, the women out again next Saturday night to some uh, some cheerleading fundraisers so I'll get to watch a couple of episodes then right. but I don't want to watch them when they're there because they enjoy television in a far different way than I do they like to the... shout and talk about stuff and I just demand silence like, I'm yeah. trying to listen to what's yeah. going on I shall go into the kitchen get my hammer and I shall make you be quiet too. yeah I, <laughs> I'm missing plot points here <laughs> important plot points hammer <laughs> Because if yeah. I remember rightly, season one ended with Batman going on, or allegedly Batman going on a killing spree, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, sort you of. You saw Joker then, in and his then, cell. So, and then, yeah, but, um, so, Nightwing, Dick, Grayson, yeah, yeah, Nick, yeah. goes back and kills Batman, takes Batman that's out. That's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not, that's sort of a construct from the big bad at the end of season one. Yeah. And that's taken care of in very early season two. So Batman's introduced in season two like Bruce Wayne okay who's played by Ian Glenn from Game of Thrones yes that's a good bit of casting that that's is. a fantastic it's actually yeah. better as much as you think that's a great bit of casting that's going to really work works better on screen with him as Bruce Wayne because you think this is a oh, this is a Batman who's been through the been through it a bit and, you know, he's a, so it's like, like the, like the, the cancelled George Clooney film that I wanted to see Batman yeah. who'd been in Batman I don't want to see another Batman origin story yeah. much, much as you know Keep throwing at me. Keep throwing at early Batman films. I want to see grizzled Batman. I want to see yeah. Batman who's been doing this for 20 years. I want to see Batman who's bruised and battered. Worn down by yeah. the... Yeah. And has been through been through hell and back and still fights the war because he's still a true believer. Yeah. And that's the feel you get from me and Glenn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that he is... This is my mission. That's what I do. That's Bruce... That bit of me is Bruce Wayne. This bit of me is Batman in the middle somewhere. That's where I am. But when I'm ready, he was cast for that. I was sort of thinking, yeah, he, he's got that grizzled old veteran sort of yeah. look, has he, about him? Like, yeah, you know? he, can do, he can do the thousand yard step. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then you think, yeah, you know. You kind of like his character in Game of Thrones. He'd seen it all been, yeah. you, know, um, yeah. you know, he was protecting Khaleesi and all that. Yeah, yeah but he was protecting Khaleesi because, you know, secretly, I wrote her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to do rude things with Khaleesi. <laughs> Excuse me a minute. I'm going to, oh, I thought about Khaleesi again. I'm going around the back of the tent. <laughs> I'm with my stone hand. I'm with my stone hand. I'm a because you know it feels better because it feels like yes, it's not me it doesn't doing it. Feel like me anymore. <laughs> and you know when you've been lying on your hand and it's a bit numb, you always feel. Yeah. You always get that bit of extra fun, don't you? So, you do. And that's yeah. So, England, perfect casting. Yeah, and Titan season two out now on Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Cool that's man. Cool. Let's have a track, shall we? Ah, uh, indeed. Who are we on the track by? Right, the track we're going to have is from a band called Sleeve. Uh, we've bigged these guys up before on the podcast. They're on Engineer Records. The album is called Don't Expect Anything. This is Homebound.
so we're back after music. Yep. And there's uh yeah, so about there's gonna be a TV adaptation of Alec and Mandibone. Yeah. Not Eric. Michael. Not Eric. Not <laughs> Eric. Hey, yeah, my, uh, <laughs> there be our Eric at Bell Laboon, eh? Well, I've got my, my sword stone, you know, chopped into pieces. No, I'll recommend the one. Um, Michael, Michael Moorcock, yeah. Yeah, one of the avatars, one of Michael Moorcock's avatars, the eternal champion. So this stretches back to, I think the first book was 61, was it? Oh, yeah, 60s, yeah. Michael Moorcock's like the sort of British father of sword and sorcery, British father or godfather because like the godfather son so is as we all know Robert E. Howard yeah and Mr. Mr. Conan of Arbain. but Elric is very much in that tradition okay um sort of high fantasy sword and sorcery lots of magic and Elric fighting against dark magicians and yeah. spell wizards and just he's a he's a prince exiled from his homeland it's it's marvellously well taught fantasy that's something I've never seen. I've never um, dived into. It sounds right on my street. But oh, I, you should do. It's like yeah. six, seven books. Um, and his stories are a, a tragedy from beginning to end. So what's it been picked up for? Is it a movie or a TV series? TV series. Any casting yeah. rumours? or No. All we know is that it's been picked up and it's in development. And hopefully it'll be as good as I've got it in my head. It won't be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, just generally, it just won't be and it'll be... It'll either be great or it'll be disastrous. Okay. Um, but I hope it'll be great. I just want to see Elric, the albino prince of Malnabone, wielding Stormbringer and just hacking the crap out Did of Did you say the albino? Yeah, he's an albino. Is he really? He is. Albino hero. Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with you, Precious? Do you like the albinos? I mean, I, I know you I know you have a thing against the handicap, don't you? you, you just... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Chris really doesn't. Or does he? Or does he? <laughs> You're the one who doesn't like short people. <laughs> Sausage fingers, man. I can't, I can't even abide it. No, it's... it's the, we all remember the tirade yeah, of episode six. The fear is real. <laughs> fear is real. There's a little chip of Chubby stubby things chasing after me, don't touch it. No, 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 no. Well, I was editing keep, in that episode. That shit keeps me awake at night, man. That's just <laughs> dreadful. It's so terrifying. Just the thought of them. Just like, just reached out, just like those nubbins, just <laughs> touching it. Yeah, so Alric's, Alric's now being our hero. And there's this, there's three, there's Jerry Cornelius and Coram and Hawkman who are all. I mean, Cornelius is not really an avatar of the Eternal Champion, but he is, he is, but he isn't. Coram is. And Hawkman is as well. Now all the books like Elric and Mel- the Elric and Melamon saga is brilliant. Okay. Um, the six books and Hawkman's books are oh, just superb. So there's Hawkman, six books in all. Or? Six uh, six Elric and Melamon books. Yeah. Um, is there five or I think there's about five or six Hawkman books and they're just wonderful. It's the history of the room staff. Yeah. And you get it as a collector's compendium. It's just marvellous because that's like an alternate future. Okay. Far future. That's the proper dystopian future. Nice. Really weird, twisted, and dark, and it's fantastic. And it's it's just one of those hero raging against the evil, the, the tyranny of an evil empire. Yeah. And it will strike. It will strike. Um, according to you, in the times we're living in now, when you read it, because yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I can relate. That. That, <laughs> that's the way we could be going. Do you think everybody's just looking for the next uh, Game of Thrones? Obviously, that was a massive. Oh, success. obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's a there's a Conan series in development on Amazon. Yeah. Right. Um, which is much as I'm looking forward to it. 
Yeah. I can't help thinking that Arnie's Mr. Beatty should have made King Conan. He really should have made it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would have, I would have loved to have seen Arnie. Still could be done. I mean, I I just love to see him take on the role of Conan one last time. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Would. Um, he seems to be happy to do that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, as much as uh, the Jason Momoa film was fun. Hmm. He wasn't. I just kept thinking, you're not Arnie all the way through. Yeah. You're not Arnie, and uh, that's dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think if I watched a TV series, I'd be kind of, you're not Arnie. You're not Arnie. You're yeah, not yeah, Arnie. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is, this is, this will not do. No, yeah. no. Up with this, we will not put it. Will not do. They can do that. The aging thing. Do you know the thing they did on the Irishman? You've seen the. Irishman? I've not seen the Irishman. So they've made, you know, all the De Niro, Joe Pesci, uh, Al Pacino. They made them all look younger. They've. Re- like they did in Aquaman. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they did in um, like they did in Aquaman. Like they did really, really badly in Aquaman. And Guardians of the Galaxy with Kurt Russell. Guardians of the Galaxy two with Kurt yeah, Russell. Yeah, but that Kurt Russell is not as bad as Kurt Russell. Yeah. You know, and you can forgive Kurt Russell that he's he looks a bit cheesy, but it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it doesn't matter what Kurt Russell does. You go, ah, you were Snake Plissken, so all is forgiven. Yeah. So it don't matter. Yeah. But at the beginning of Aquaman, he's like, oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. This is dreadful. <laughs> oh. No, yeah. no. So not a fan of the de aging thing. No, I think it's completely unnecessary. I think yeah. Cast actors who look similar to these people would have looked when they were younger. Do yeah. it the old fashioned way. Yeah. Don't think. Hi, right, don't don't use it as an excuse for more digital wankery. Just yeah. Don't do it, because there's gonna be enough digital wankery all the way through the film. I don't need it there. What was what Star Wars was it? There was one with the uh, it was um, Rogue One wasn't it? Rogue One with Princess Leia. Yeah. And Cushing. Yeah. Yeah. Tarkin looked, didn't look too bad. I thought Princess Leia looked terrible, though. Yeah. Considering she was still alive at that point, they could have sort of done something with her. They could have... Why didn't they use her daughter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy's daughter. Yeah. Billy? Uh, Billy Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of that. But why didn't they use, yeah. they use her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or why they, you know, like somebody who looked vaguely similar to Peter Cushing, you know, it's like... Yeah. Sort of terrifying child catcher is Peter Cushing yeah. someone like that you know hello everybody this is Igor Cavalera from Pepric Cavalera Conspiracy and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast so no. we're all about Game of Thrones adaptations um, you know we're sort of people looking for the next sort of Game of Thrones The Witcher yeah yeah on Netflix has I've been, seen uh, three episodes yeah yeah and it's alright yeah that's all I got from it it's alright I'm all it's episode not, in um I don't see why Henry Cavill's going, yes, everything is dreadful. <laughs> do that really low deep. Yeah, yeah. Thing. No need for it. Be Henry Cavill. They, they yeah. got you because you want to be Henry, you're Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to do the big gravitas. No, I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, the, the, the action scenes are superb. Yeah. You know, they are absolutely fantastic. Story-wise, it's building to be pretty good. Are you a fan of the book or...? Never read the books. No. I went in cold completely. I was aware of the um, games. I've I've been aware of the games. See, I, I think I played them. I don't um, do the whole video game thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in my house, it's regarded as blasphemy and witchcraft. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not allowed any sort of video game system. No, I'm, re- I'm not allowed them. <laughs> I can imagine you losing your temper with shit, see. <laughs> oh yeah, completely. <laughs> Stood there in my underpants. No. <laughs> yes. That is wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Freaking out, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the police banging on the door and say, what's wrong with it fucking game game <laughs> <Dangerous. laughs> yeah so no I'm not like because the thing is because I work from home 
what what would be the ratio of work to work to pleasure? Very true. Thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would just like would I waste my? I'll just have one more game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would tell myself, well, like you know, eight thirty morning, I will just have one game. And then, away. and then at four thirty, I will just have one more game. <laughs> I got plenty of time. Then I'll for get the to work. work. Plenty of time to get days work done. <laughs> plenty of time. Plenty of time. Plenty of time to get done. <laughs> it just wouldn't happen. I don't, I don't have the, the, the sort of self-control to be able to do that. Okay. So I'm not allowed to. I, I, I so you never played the Witcher games then? No. No. My, my experience of video, of gaming systems ended with like the um, Sega. <laughs> okay. When I was still living at home. Yeah, folks. yeah. Okay. And that was it. So you've seen three episodes of The Witcher. You, enough to keep you going or? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to persevere with it. Yeah, okay. I'll keep it there. Um, well, people are just loving it. I think it's like possibly like Game of Thrones is going to be a builder and that you have to get into a certain point in the first series before it actually starts to kick in. Yeah, yeah. And all the characters start, all the individual plot arcs start to become one. Yeah, yeah. Um, because at the very at the moment it feels sort of disjointed because you're introducing all these different disparate characters and disparate plot arcs. Of course, yeah, yeah. All together. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to watch it some more. I'm definitely going to get into that. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. There's just way too much good TV on at the moment. Well, yeah. There's absolutely tons on. Yeah, but you read some books as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and you've been reading? Western Oaks' new book, yeah? Red Sky, which is the sequel to Burning Sky. Okay. And it's superb. This, Absolutely superb. So I, 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 I wrote this guy off as like sort of military, you know, sort of like a military Andy McNabb sort of thing. Oh, mate, yeah. Do this, do this exponentially more. Talented. I got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't realize he went okay, into so sci-fi realms. So yes, he was a serve. He was serving. He was a serving soldier. Yeah. Right? He was military intelligence, um, and he might well have been special forces. Something which he will not talk about. Of course, yeah. Reality, but he does do regular just back to Afghanistan as a military sort of. Advisor. Okay. Right. So, in other words, reading between the lines, he was special forces. Yeah. You're dead. And he's well. a lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely lovely. And I see, I was introduced to his books because I was, when I went to Florida for a couple of weeks, hmm. I thought I'd take some books with me because for downtime when you're worn out with the family, you don't want yeah, to spend yeah. time with them and you need alone time. So I always need alone time. Yeah. Um. So I took three books. I took uh, Best of Razzle. Stuff on Mars. Right, which is a book by a guy called Victor Gishler, which is absolutely bonkers and absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, I took the autobiography of James T. Kirk, which is like a made-up biography. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And I took the first SEAL Team 666 book, okay. which was written by Western Oaks. And I was hooked. And I read all the rock home, and I got the other two SEAL Team 666 books because he is, they were just superb. And then um, I read his Grunt Hero trilogy, yeah. Which is again future military science fiction, but he knows what he's talking about because he's been a servant soldier. Yeah, everything yeah. feels more authentic. Everything is of course really well put together. The stories are fantastic. And he more than anything, he's a great writer. Not just a good writer, he's a great writer. He's yeah, great writer. Yeah. I'd put him in my top ten writers. Really? Time. Yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely. He's that good. He's such a fantastic storyteller. And Burning Sky and Dead Sky are a mental. They're more like military sci-fi meets sort of Lovecraftian horror Christ. okay and they're absolutely brilliant well okay. I, I can't recommend them enough seriously if, you, if you're going to read two books this year Burning Sky and Dead Sky yeah yeah I would 
I heartily recommend them over anything else. Well, SEAL Team 666 has been picked up. Uh, yeah, apparently Dwayne Bloody Johnson's on a. Don't bloody Dwayne Bloody Johnson to me. If The Rock's in it, I'm going to watch it. End, end the story. And you know you're going to see it. If The Rock's yeah. in it, you know. Oh, don't yeah me. You know you're going to go. You, you know you'll watch End of the Rock. In. Yeah. Because The Rock says, The Rock speaks, we listen, end the story. Right? Yeah, yeah. And the books are superb. And they're a perfect vehicle for someone like Dwayne. Yeah. They make, oh, dude, it's so good. It's one of those things that could be like a trilogy or something like that. Well, no, there is a trilogy of books. There's a trilogy of books, yeah, yeah. Okay, And right. I'm kind of annoyed at Weston because he hasn't written more Seal Team 666 stuff because right. they are just, again, that's sort of like, um, it's got elements of Lovecraft and sort of elements of the whole Hellboy idea oh, okay. and about a special forces team who fight because which is supernatural monsters they're all real there's a special there's a special forces team in each country who's assigned to take on these threats and there is them and seal team 666 is about them so he picks up on his real experiences with like you know being yeah. special forces but yeah, yeah. applies that to allegedly, sci-fi allegedly allegedly, allegedly. <clears throat> but applies that to sci-fi science fiction to and, science fiction yeah. and like thrillers and stuff. wow and he said, and he, you know, to top it all off, I said, he's a great writer. Yeah. And when you get a great writer doing stuff like that, it makes it enormously readable. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's compulsive. You sit down and you start reading and you cannot stop. And there are a few writers who have that ability. But I, yeah, I said, I would place him in my top ten of all time, West Notes. And you only discovered him a few years back? Uh, four years. Christ. That's good um, going. And I just, I, I, if one Straight of the top ten. But yeah, but what, well, that's a thing. Because I, I read one of his books and I had to read the rest. Yeah. And I, you know, what sometimes when you read one write a write a book about a writer and then you read the other books, you kind of kind of disappointed. Yeah. yeah. You're not you'll not be disappointed. Him. That there's a measure of quality and a measure of just yeah, it's, it's just fantastic. Please start check those out. Oh, definitely. You should do. <laughs> Everybody should buy Western's books. Make Western rich. Make Western rich. Hashtag make Western rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Let's there you go. Hashtag make Western rich. Started here. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Talk about Dwayne. Yeah, it's Dwayne and his, his old buddies. Woo! <laughs> They'll be back on uh, a couple of weeks' time, Sunday the 26th, with the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Now, there's not many pay-per-views that really I bother with much anymore with WWE. I, I cast an eye over them, but I will not miss Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Royal Rumble, always loved Royal Rumble. Well, there's, there's always four, right? I've always seen, like, the pay-per-view cards being composed of four major events, right? Yeah. Royal Rumble. Yeah. WrestleMania. SummerSlam Survivor Series. Of course. Because they're the four events when something always happens. Yeah. When you get a major swerve, something always pops up yeah. to really surprise you. I mean, the Rumble's always worth watching because you're like, who's going to be number one? And then yeah. you count down, one. And you you always want, like, number one, because number one's always someone special. Yeah, it is this because, year. It's been announced already. Who's number one? Brock. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> well, will he make it through to the 30? Exactly. You know, and that's... Yeah. But the, that's big, the big surprise this year is, well, 
Obviously, I don't know. Yeah. My sources. <laughs> my, my wrestling sources. <laughs> I'm down with WWE <laughs> since I went to see. Yeah. I know. I know things, <laughs> boys. I I I know things, you but <laughs> Edge is coming back. He uh, wrestled in nine years. Um, apparently Edge is coming back. Right. No. He's oh, he's signed and he appears at rest. Okay, so you think Edge is going to wrestle again? Uh, that's the that's the rumor. He's he signed. A Given deal. his physical condition. You think Edge is going to wrestle? Do you seriously think Edge is going to put himself all WWE in the kind of predicament where if he gets hit, takes one wrong hit, he's paralysed. If he takes one wrong hit, he's dead. Apparently, it's something over time that subsides. It's still always going to be there. Yeah. But they, he, he's going to wrestle, but he'll be protected. Like he's not going to be doing anything big. A Royal Rumble spot, he can come in and do. He's not going to take any big spots. He'll come in, he'll like close a few people out, and you know, he'll be put out himself in. It's right. going to be no big spots. Why the hell? Oh, just why would you put Edge in and say like number fifteen? It's Edge. Ah, big pop, right? He comes out. Big fat Edge comes down. <laughs> <laughs> Drops a couple of pies on his way. Like he got all the sweets pouring out of his pocket. He who has a sip of coke halfway down. Catches he got his breath. <laughs> Catches his breath. Gets it down the ring. Gets in, close lines a couple of people, does a really shitty spear, and then suddenly six months. No, it's not going to happen. He's going to have a spot. You know, yeah. What would be really great, mm-hmm. okay, it would be to do some like a team act thing. So Edge comes out, Christian comes out, yeah, yeah. comes out, and they do a repeat of like the Jug Band. Yeah, something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Some, something, a comedy skit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something people remember that logic. Yeah, yeah. Like the Jug Band was 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more than. No, it's. Yeah, probably Jug Band yeah. 18 years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? You remember the Jug Band? Yeah. When they opened their false teeth and they did the foot stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right? That was funny. Yeah. It is genuinely funny. When you put those three guys together, it's funny. Yeah. It's memorable. And none of them are in, in any condition to wrestle. No, that's right. All right? Do stuff like that, it makes it brilliant. Yeah, that's what I think. Chuck him in as a competitor in the Royal Rumble, that's shite. It, it, it means, it's meaningless. It's yeah, I think you'll, 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 you'll have some sort of spot where it'll just be like, oh, you know, you'll do something. It'll be like, maybe, maybe a comedy bit. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not just a nostalgia bit. Oh, there's Edge, and off, you know. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the danger. If you use yeah. him in that sort of nostalgic, crappy way, yeah. It's not going to work. Exactly. You put him yeah. in a vignette, you put him with Christian, you put him with Kurt and you get these three fiercely competitive guys who want to bring out the best in each other. It's going to be funny. It's going to be something people will remember. Yeah. Don't do it any other way. No, that's right, yeah. What's your favourite Royal Rumble? My favourite Royal Rumble? You're, I know what you're going to say. The Ric Flair one? No. No. Is it not the Ric Flair one? No, no. Stone Cold. Oh, yeah. This is the, when the McMahon Stone Cold yeah. feud was on. Yeah. And he's just like, he sat in the turnbuckle looking yeah, at his, like, looking yeah, his watch. Yeah, yeah. And as they're coming down, he's just like... As much as I love Ric Flair, yeah. for me, wrestling will always be defined by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And the, actu- the whole attitude here. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because, you know, you can turn around and say, what? What? My yeah. watch says what? You know, price check for a jackass. You, you, you're just not going to get anything, anything better than that. And when, like, Stone Cold attacks Vince, Vince McMahon when he's in hospital. With a bedpan. And pan. he beats him with a bedpan. <laughs> That's genuinely funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It is. And all the stuff Stone Cold did was wonderful. And to him winning the Rumble, that to me is... Yeah. Yeah. Such a, you know, it was, I'm sure... Wasn't it the Royal Rumble when he defeat... No, he was King of the Ring. When he beats... Jake Sig Roberts. I don't, yeah, and, and that's and when the, the whole... The infamous line, you know, you, know, you, you say, you know, you thump your little Bible and you say, yeah. Matthew, well, Austin, Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the moment when wrestling changes, mainstream yeah. wrestling. 
Jeff totally, Jeff, yeah. You know, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's a gimmick was born. Uh, a, t- a massively selling T-shirt was born. Yeah, a whole. I mean, I've got three Steve Austin T-shirts. I don't mind them written in like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh, 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 money, oh, money, oh, money, oh, money. I've done that, and I, I would happily do it again. Yeah. You know, because oh, it's like uh, there's something special about seeing someone Stone Cold. Mm. It has that sort of charisma and the magnetism. It's like watching The Rock. It's like watching Triple H. Yeah. You got these three guys at once, sort of top tier guys pushing this company forward and it shows you how talented they were you had that the hardy boys were below them yeah 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 you know, in their prime the hardy boys are not considered top tier guys kurt angle wasn't considered the top tier guy because he was below yeah yeah them, yeah you know edge wasn't christian wasn't it's just it's true because in a wrestling talent. sense in a wrestling sense kurt angle should have been above everyone because he was right. a legitimate shoot wrestler yeah yeah you yeah. know olympic gold medalist yeah. And you know, the, rocks, work like that, the, the rock's in ring ability wasn't the best. Yeah, he had like uh, seven moves and something like that. Yeah. <laughs> if that. And you know, Stone Cold had had his sort of well, but he's a brawler. Yeah. You know, essentially, that, that's what the sun was. Well, injury about. hampered him, didn't it? I mean, he was a good wrestler when he was doing the WWE when he was stunning Steve Austin. He was, yeah, he was but he was a solid you know, wrestler. He had his neck broken. Yeah, and he had to, he had to work around his injuries, his yeah. knees, and his uh, you know, he had to work around those injuries. And Triple H is one of the greatest wrestlers you'll ever see yeah. anywhere. He's an absolute student of the game, isn't he? He yeah, just yeah. sort of, he studied the greats, he's copied them, and he's. Uh, but you know, and it's like you can see it in his face. His heart rate never goes above like, I'm just queuing in line at Tesco's about to buy my shop. <laughs> yeah. Does that anything phase him? He's absolutely. But the Royal Rumble is like the sort of, do you know? No Edge is like, yeah, I don't want to see Edge just yet in a nostalgia sort of thing, but I do like the nostalgia bits. Yes. So like you know, every now and again, like you might have like typhoon running, running down. Or... Well, it's like when they do like the battle royals of the Royal Rumble. And they yeah, get, yeah. Let's bring out all these old fatties from yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. the fifties and sixties. Yeah. You remember him? He was on television once in nineteen seventy-four. They bring out the Brooklyn Brawler. Yeah. They always bring out the Brooklyn Brawler. And I, you know, Brooklyn Brawler's a pretty cool guy, but you the know, he's going to be, yeah, but he's just going to get smashed over the top rope, and that's going to be end of it. But the thing is, they're all like in their sixties now, and they're all yeah. they're all a bit. Um, what's the what's the word? Um. Punchy, punchy. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, they're rolling them out there, yeah. and it's so unpredictable. You can just see, oh Christ, I hope you don't look stupid. <laughs> you know, like me, young, when she used to come on the train to get her tits out. I'm like 95 years old. <laughs> yeah, but as my family would say, that's like taking me anywhere and giving me a couple of beers. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just like, oh God, I hope he doesn't do <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And they put 30 people in a battle royal to do this. <laughs> 30, 30 versions of me in a battle royal. That's amazing. <laughs> but it's value for money. Oh, it's chic. You know, oh, Christ, don't say anything racist. <laughs> yeah. Burn America, yeah. Donald Trump, asshole. <laughs> that kind of thing, yeah. It's a big risk. But I love the Royal Rumble. So, yeah, that's going to be... Uh, it's, so one, it's one of the big events of the year. That everybody yeah. Loves. You can't. 26th of January. Yeah. Uh, on the Gaming Network. I would you can't not love the Royal Rumble. Let's have another track. Yeah, go for it. Because we 
that was Wake the Dead with Back For More, a track from their new album which comes out on the 2nd of March on Engineering Records. It's called Still Burning and you can pre-order your copy of that album, CD or vinyl, on their Bandcamp, wakethedeadhardcore.bandcamp.com. So we'll get on that. Okay, cool. So last week you discovered drones. Well, no, it wasn't last week I discovered drones. But oh, but you discovered their new album. Yeah, their new album, right? Yeah, actually, okay. And they are super... Yeah. Uh, Paris Press Band. So, um, so they kind of, I mean, they kind of remind me of the same sort of urgency. I think it's like a new wave sort of thing. Hit meets rancid, uh, Dropkick Murphys. It's really yeah, yeah. epic punk rock. And there's so much energy. The tunes are so there. They are just, see, I think these guys are going to be huge. Really I was surprised though. Um, I checked the uh, the video out. You yeah. posted a video up somewhere, didn't you? And it was a, uh, it's like, okay, this is street punk. Yeah. Um, but then the vocals are quite gruff. Yeah. Um, and that, well, that threw me a bit. Because there's two vocalists, so you've yeah. got really gruff vocals, and you've got really ultra-melodic sort of, mm. almost Buzzcock-style vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, the way they alternate between tracks is fantastic. So, it's, so each singer will sing a song. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, like, vocal interplay. It's just... So, so you've been aware of these guys a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they released a couple of seven inches on Pirates Press, okay. which have been sent in, and you listen to you, wow, awesome! I'm about to write a review when it pings in, and Tom's already written it. So yeah, because um, it was Tom originally told me, "Anthony, you've got to hear this, you got to hear this." So we heard this, and then Tom gets the records of Pirates Press for Mass Movement, same as because he's on the main list. And so whenever a Drowns record comes out, just as I'm about to write the review, and you know, oh, they're all amazing, oh, <laughs> they're like having the time of my life. Tom's review will come in, it basically says that. Okay. Um, and yeah, the records. What's the album And Detention. And Detention. And Detention. It came out, yeah, it came out Friday, comes out next Friday. Is next it? Friday the 17th, I believe, yeah. Awesome. And awesome. It is so worth getting it. Yeah. I can't, I mean, it, it's been so far this year, right? Um, we're only in January, and then the new World Inferno, World, World Inferno Friendship Society records been released on that's incredible because they're just um, a weird mishmash of everything and much as I love that record the Drowns record is slowly edging it out because it's just it's the record I'm just listening to over and over and over again yeah. every time you hear it there's something new in there there's some new uh, melody line you've missed oh, oh yeah. it's quite instant oh. I, I thought it was, and I thought you know it's, it's quite instant I liked this straight away and I thought yeah, yeah more listens to this it's just going to make you yeah, oh, it's going to add more record, and more isn't it? the record is so good yeah. it's literally you're going to be like well alrighty then where are they from Drew? San Francisco okay I believe I, I think so I mean I'm not sure I'm, I'm probably wrong uh, they've been to Europe before or like, don't know it? don't know but if they do I'm going to see them yeah for sure I mean they, they, you know I don't like to venture far from home being old and all that <laughs> uh, but they're, they're definitely a band I would so if they play your back garden you'll be there I'd, I'd travel to see them. <laughs> I would. I would get a new automobile. I would switch it on, put my, you know, make sure that everything was fine. I had plenty of sufficient supplies in case there was a breakdown, and I would make the journey to see the band. Romala Drowns Tour. That's what we're on. 2020. Oh God, how good, how good would that be? <laughs> yeah. That would just be superb. They complement each other too. That? They complement each other too. Yeah, you know, slaps off the mix, and it's just like. <laughs> 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 and the, the, the good thing about it is they're all old men. 
Yeah, it's yeah. Still, it's like, you know, there's old men watching them. I don't have to watch these young children doing leaps and hardcore stuff that I can no longer do. <laughs> or never Encouraging could. me to whip that shit up and, you know, <laughs> wall of death and all that and give, let's see this pit go off. I can't let you. Just stand around with your point. That'll yeah, be perfectly fine. This pit can't go off. I'm stood here with my arms folded. <laughs> I, for a reason, my sciatica's playing up and I don't want to admit that my back hurts more than the next punk rockers. I, I will not... <laughs> You know, I will not buy it. No, 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 no. It's jolly well not good enough. That's kind of what I'd like to see. I, I'd like to see the drums. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I seriously believe they'd be a superb live band. You know? Drums, get to Europe. Yeah, get okay. them here now. Present now. specifically. <laughs> Vicky, Vicky of Paris Press, make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen, because that record is superb. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast, because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. I spoke to um, Barney from Napalm Death this week. Uh, Mark, Mark, yay, Mark, yeah. Yay. Good lad, man. What a good lad. Awesome. So it got me to thinking, I mean, the interview, you'll hear about that in yeah. the next few weeks. Um, I've known Mark for a while. Like. Yeah, but um, it got me to thinking about Napalm Death and the, the whole influence. And I, are they are they underrated or are they... Underrated? I, I see, it's, that's difficult, I think, because... Um, they've been around for so long. They're, they're so pioneers. influential. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. They're, they're yeah. regarded as a pioneering force and an influential force do I think they should be bigger than they are hell yes of course mm. I do yeah because you know, musically they've taken chances that few bands have yeah and they've never really fallen by the wayside or skipped a beat you know yeah, they've yeah. always been on the on the pulse um, what was your um, intro to Napalm Death the Scum LP on Earache the first Earache release when it was first released and because um, back in the day you used to write letters to bands so I discovered when that came through there was, a, there was, a, there was um, an address hmm. to the band so I wrote off a letter oh, uh, <laughs> are you going to play shows nah, 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 nah. Um, being a naive sort of 15 year old at the time love Tim 15 and a half <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd drawn a big dick look at this <laughs> my bestest one ever um, and I had a letter back off Lee Dorian with a ton of Napalm Death stickers that he sent to us. So yeah, we're playing Cardiff sometimes. So they played Club Evo at the beginning of 88. And This is the one that went right off, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so we went, minibus loads of us went from Portfolio and Canellian. So we jumped this minibus. Just to put this in context, there's loads of old school heads around Cardiff, South Wales. And yeah. They all got individual stories about this show. This show was kind of legendary. Yes. Around yeah, yeah. around these parts. Well, this and this is why, right? Go on so, because this album had hit and it's like nothing like any of those old flashes and sort of crossover kids. Yeah. Uh, it was super. I mean, we were going to be able to see this band, right? So we all to send on Cardiff because like Marv more Tommy records put it on and everybody just goes all Tommy on Saturday morning. So you knew this gig was happening. Yeah. And I think Marv was expecting. Uh, maybe a hundred people okay and it was the queue went from the f- door of um club Evo all the way down Warmby street so which was you know where yeah, uh, yeah. tiny rebel is down the bottom of it yeah 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 it was down yeah. past there wow right, to get in the show so marvin started panicking he had to set an age limit for this show yeah right so he set the age limit at 16. right and we were all 15. right but being you know so we all looked older than we were. So that's how we got in. But it was it was the queue of people was just unbelievable. Yeah. I've never seen a queue of people like that for one of those UK hardcore gigs at the time. 
And so we all got in and it was like, uh, oh God, the show. Yeah, I was going to probably say, do you remember who supported? Yeah, I do actually. It was the abnormal opening the show, and they're from down by me. Okay. Pen of A. Uh, so I got their address, I got their demos off and all sorts of stuff, and mm. I was in touch with them for a while, and they were sort of like an oi band. Okay. But really, just really tuneful and melodic, and they were really, really good. Yeah. And they started doing stuff again, and I wished you know, they'd get in touch and send their new stuff through, but yeah. I loved the abnormal back then. And then another band from Bajan called Life Cycle. Okay. Uh, with a middle act on the bill and again they were sort of they're more like grungy crusty sort of almost neurosy sort of I was going to say yeah Melvin's yeah Yeah. Uh, and they were alright they were pretty good and then Napalm Death hit and the place went in off (laughs) it just went spastic and like I said it was was a thrasher sausage fest (laughs) it was literally like you know all these nut jobs from uh, Porth Call, the Ton of Pandy, and all just <laughs> on this place. And we're all in the, the dance floor after the show had finished was just blood and shattered pint glasses <laughs> and broken furniture. This 2020, you're arguably still paying the price for that show, yeah? I am. Because, yeah, I, I took a dive off a window cell, hit the crowd, bounced over, I hit my back on a table. Goddamn. I hit the floor, being drunk. Being a teenager and being a stupid, equal amounts of stupid and rubber, <laughs> I just got back up and charged straight back in. Um, the next day, when I could barely walk, and I got up and I was bruised. It was like a bruise the start at the top of my chest and went all the way down to my thighs. It was because I found I had a hairline fracture in my coccyx. Well, I yeah. Man, I sometimes I wish I was like a couple of years older, just to see some of those shows. Like, you know, like there's a nuclear assault in Newport Centre. Yeah. There was a lot of legendary shows around South Wales well, that time. The, the nuclear assault show, talk, uh, as an aside, when we saw nuclear assault support in Slayer yeah. at um, Newport, Newport Centre, uh, South of Heaventon, and there was St John's Ambulance crews outside. Just waiting for the Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. this is like, And one of the boys we went at the show with, Mark Williams, Walmart, I played in bands with Mark for years because he was a drummer. Yeah. And he's not with us anymore passed on oh, no. um, he got wheeled out of the nuclear assault pit by the St John's ambulance <laughs> oh, in a wheelchair right got taken into the ambulance yeah. so a couple of people followed him like I think it was, uh, Moss followed him and he said Warmer got in the back of the ambulance and he said have Slayer played yet and they said no <laughs> and he jumped out of the ambulance and ran back in the venue <laughs> yes and that's what it was like yeah, and yeah. I'm not trying to bullshit or make it out to be something that wasn't but because you're young and you're full of this energy yeah you just go for it and you do these things you don't think how they're going to affect you like you're oh, unbreakable and you're at that point well yeah it's like that that um because we went to st david's house so my daughter there and she said where did you dive off in this thing because she'd been talking about this stage dive yeah and yeah said, yeah oh and when i went to test facts i said oh yeah you see the top tier you see the bottom tier there with a stack it there was yeah a stack yeah there. And I climbed off on the pier stack and dived off there. And she looked, she said, that's about as high as the house. And I went, yeah, roughly, yeah. <laughs> and, but you don't think about it, you just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. the crowd didn't move, so I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. What show was that? That was Anthrax, Anthrax Testament. So Testament Sport Anthrax. That would be uh, the Among the Living Tour. What, 86? Seven? Seven? Yeah, seven, seven yeah, yeah, seven. yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to Napalm Death, that was my first live experience in Napalm Death. And I saw them, I saw like the Lee Dorian lineup twice because they played there and then they played the Bristol Hotel. Yeah. 
And the Bristol Hotel was equally as infamous because that's the one where the Nazis came in. Oh, right, yeah, the yeah. skinheads. And there was a massive fight. That's they from start, the back of Cardiff bus station, the old bus station in Cardiff. Down by uh, Jacob's Pum. Market. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they started Zeke Highland in the pit now. Oh, things. shit. Yeah, yeah. So, fists start flying. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And they're like, Ooh, fists flying over my head and shit. Yeah. God damn. It was mental. Man. So that was your intro to Napalm Dead. Yeah, fantastic intro to Napalm Dead. But <laughs> we, had, we had this incredible. online the other day, didn't we? There was a big discussion about yeah. uh, who people consider to be the definitive Napalm Dead vocalist. It's Miss Barney. It, it is Barney, yeah. Yeah. It is Barney. We're not, we're not discussing it. We're it's, telling you it's Barney. <laughs> well, I mean, other people will say, well, it's Lee because of the first couple of albums and yada, yada, yada. But no, Barney's, it's Barney, man. Yeah. Barney's been there. Barney's done it. Barney's stuffed up. And he's, I mean, Lee's a great front man. Mm. Right? But Lee's a great front man in the cathedral sense of being a great front man. Yeah, yeah. Barney's the definitive Napalm Death front man. Right? Yeah, I'll go with that. I always say, when he, he always makes me laugh, but when he's on stage and he does his judgment thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's literally like you've offered a spastic a bag of sweets. <laughs> it's, like, it's all excitement and nervous energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really funny and really entertaining and wondrous to watch, and you can't take your eyes off him all the yeah. time. And he's he's just really funny. Whereas Lee's just like hair and loom pants and sort of <laughs> yeah. swing it in, you know. It's still 1973, <laughs> you know. That's what Lee is. Yeah. But Barney's far better suited to. Because I got into Napalm on uh, From Enslavement to Liberation. Yeah. And the sound on that album is incredible. It's so. Crushing. Oh my god, the drums. It's like yeah. they're flapping those skins. Yeah. It's like he's using an actual like, cowhide. Yeah. It's like, it's just so. I, such you, a good I, I found small South African children to beat my drums. Yeah, with. yeah. Oh. Such a good, heavy, heavy album. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that was my intro. That's where I came into. Was that the third album? Yeah. I think it was the third, wasn't it? Third or second? Oh, I don't know, yeah. But time has, time has taken its toll on my poor old man. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact, I said, I said to this to Barney in the interview, I said, uh, what's been a welcome addition to the um, discography has been yeah. the Leaders Not Followers albums. Right. Showing exactly where their hearts lie, there, you know? And to you, they found out doing Agnostic Front. It's brilliant. But here Napalm Death and Cryptic Slaughter. Yeah, um, yeah. Raw power is even better. Yeah, they're, yeah. See, I would argue their cover politicians is just as good as Raw Powers, if not better. And their version of um, thing like Cryptic Slaughter, Low Life. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's just as good as Cryptic Slaughter. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that they are just. I mean, because Low Life was the very first Cryptic Slaughter song I ever heard. Yeah. Because Tommy Vance played it on the Friday Rock Show. And when that kicked in, there was just some... <laughs> and that's where Napalm Death's heart is. Yeah. Right there. That's who they are. That sort of mix of wonderful crossover and yeah. hardcore and death metal and everything. They've sucked into their sphere of influence. They've incorporated music yeah. in their sound. And that's what makes them who they are. That's what makes them better. Because for me, a good cover's got to be... It's got to be that band, whoever's doing the band, doing the cover, yeah. they've got to make it their sound. Make Yeah. I, I don't want to hear you doing an impression of the band you're covering. No. That's rubbish. Yeah. Um, I think it was Hatebreed did a covers album 
few years ago. I thought it was rubbish. It was just um, never heard it. No, no interest in hearing. Every band, every band they covered, they just sounded like that band. Well, all kudos to Hate Breed, and I'm. Oh yeah, look, I've seen them a couple of times, and I, you know, they're yeah, a yeah. good band and all that kind of stuff. But they just, they've never stood out for me. They've never no risen above the the pack. They've always been sort of a mid level band who will be forever there instead mm. of doing something different, which pushes them higher, which is. No, well, Napalm Death is push them up to the upper echelons. They always be yeah, yeah. for me because they're Napalm Death because they've done this because they are who they are. They're, they're a British institution, though, Napalm Death. They really are. Yeah, well, they're well, definitely a UK hardcore institution. I mean, they won the battle, revitalised the scene in the 80s. What was that, um, that documentary in the early 90s? BBC Horizons? Oh, God, that metal one where they were all sat around in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. It was the tail end of the 80s and they're talking about it because Dorian was still in Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Bill Steer sitting there going, yes, well, we're in Napalm Death and we do this and we do that. Yeah. But again, a lot of people saw that and it's people my my age saw that and were like, oh, all these guys, they checked off from that. Yeah. And, you know, in that respect, they've become influential as well. They're just such a good band. One of the best Napalm Death moments. I would argue mm-hmm. it's when they were on TFI Friday and they did the roller coaster. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was like, a, like let's do that that Jimmy Savile thing where oh 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 yeah, down yeah. Down there, which one are you think it was really really second Jimmy yes. Savile like I'll get my kicks by putting these Cub Scouts on a roller coaster <laughs> and watch them eat their lunch. When they palm death did that, that was just it just I I was weak laughing. Yeah yeah. You because know, you because knowing like Mark, not with Barney. Knowing him and watching him do this, they <laughs> just think, "Oh man, that's so funny." Yeah, so, yeah. You know, just seeing him do this, you, you just yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, Napalm Death. I we like I said, I caught up with uh, Mark Barney last week when we'll be should we be playing on the next episode, but um, for now let's get back to uh, part two of our Gizbert interview, shall we? Let's get let's have Gray and do the talking again, shall we? Hi, this is James from Widows, and you're listening to the Mass Movement podcast. You lucky devils. I was thinking the other day, right, about the first time we crossed paths, right? And it yeah. was on the Will Evil Win flexi that you did for Peaceville. Oh, shit. Yeah. Guys, you, when you were the desecrators. That's it. I think it started like this. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. Join the Stark, I really wanted to sort of pull away from that, you know. It's, it's, I mean, there's, there's little small touches of, of it here and there when we do Commodity Awakening, the second song, like that kind of thing, which is kind of like a. I'm using a little bit of this, that kind of. that, that sort of muting technique. Yeah. Well, that technique, like, you know, Steve Jones did that so well. See? You know, the. the I, I've got I've, I've got to, I've got to admit something terribly. I am not a Pistols fan at all. Just don't get them. Never have. You don't need to be a Pistols fan. Let's just say, okay, let's just. I mean, the Ruts, come on. The Ruts. Well, yeah, the Ruts, but the Ruts was the Ruts were an arse on this special. You know, they are just one of those bands that just, yeah. I mean, the Ruts, they used that whole Palm Newton thing. <laughs>
in some palm muting. It sounds great. There's one of the songs on the album that, that's called It Can Be Tough Up There. Right. And there's, there's this, what I do on that is like a little bit of a trick. And I, and I did it on the first album. We had a song on the first album called Cleek. And at the end of that song, uh, it's got this thing going on. So it's like a bass line moving with the chords. And I've got this palm muting thing going, that, that thing. So I've got a palm muting, and then I'm pulling out the chords. Like that. It's like quiet loud, quiet loud. Like that. And I thought that was a really good idea. Why don't I use that more? So I, I got together this new song on the album. It can be tough up there. Yeah. And I've written this chord pattern around my mate's house on an acoustic guitar. <laughs> so the thing is, when I heard the record, it, it, the thing I automatically thought about was War Dance. And I just thought about that first demo you did. The first one? Yeah. We had that version of Battle on Impurity on that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, because there was Battle on Impurity, uh, Ghost of Empire, Ghost of Empire, in Your Shoulders. See, you should still do that song, because that, that riff, <laughs> no, that riff, man, is just something else. You, like the, you know that riff? You, this, I wrote that riff when I was 12. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't, doesn't matter when you wrote it, it's just one of those riffs that sends shivers down your spine. Seriously, that, that tape was so good. I wrote that riff that tape that that tape literally blew my mind at the time I'm glad you enjoyed it because and you should still you should still play those songs because they are there's so much life left in them and what what happened to yeah. war dance I don't I don't want to become a uh, you know like the Gizbert kind of play a few Destructors songs and a few English Dog songs and a few War Dance songs right. and then a few well, I, next minute I'll just be doing like a compilation album I get that but the thing is you could make those songs Jane Stark songs you know what I mean because they are so close to what you're doing now uh, I see what you're saying you know, and make them Jane of Stark songs don't, don't think of them as War Dance songs anymore make them Jane of Stark songs make them your own again I kind of know what you're saying. Uh, I mean, there's, there was one song that The More I See did yeah. on the first album called uh, Near Extinction. I still feel, still, I still like that song, you know. So, uh, I, you've probably never heard it. But you've got this, I, I, I heard The More I See records, because was it SPV you guys were on? That's the first album was on SPV. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that song, Near Extinction, it's another one of those drop D things. I wish it wasn't, but there you go. But that's the thing. You've got this massive back catalogue, and you could bring them into Jane and Stark and make them Jane and Stark songs. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I know what you're saying, but, you know, we've got a new album to concentrate on. We, you do indeed. But the, the thing is, that new album is going to be the, the crux of your set now, yeah? But you've got to have other stuff as well to build well, it up. We, um, when we do... Well, do you know that the first album... That goes down so well wherever we play it. We've obviously been playing it a lot on yeah. the Wild Hearts shows. And uh, all the Wild Hearts fans, they, they love it. So at the moment, it's kind of like a case of we want to represent the new album, but we're obviously going to have to keep some of the old album in there as well because right. they're very familiar. 
it'd be nice to just go out and just play a set which is nothing but the new album. But you know, that's not the way to do it. You know, what the you, thing- you only do you only do things like that when you when your album's been out for a number of years and people want to see that. You know, or when you're Iron Maiden. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the kind of thing that those that, those size bands you know, do. Uh, and yeah. currently UK subs are doing, you know, another kind of blues. Right. Which is fantastic. You know, just hearing that whole album being played, every song back to back, fantastic, fantastic. I've got to say, I am a little bit of a sucker when a band does that kind of thing because that album, and you know that we did it on the Crass tour last supper. Yeah. Crass in bracket, Crass open bracket, last supper, close bracket. That's what I should really say. But, um, yeah, we did the Feeding of the 5,000 5, album. Right. Uh, which was utterly magic. Magical. Because Bad Religion have been doing the same thing with no, con- yeah, with no Control at the yeah. moment. And they, were, they, they did it with Suffer as well. Yeah. Which, which for me is, is like Mana from Heaven kind of thing. But, you know, I, I know you mean. That's if you're, a great way of putting it. Yeah. So if, if you're a fan, you need to hear that. So... But I mean, you, so what you're doing is you're balancing the first and second albums now, yeah? Between do an equal yeah, measure of both. We, that's what we've got to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we've got to do. I mean, that, there's, there's tracks on the new album that I would be happy for certain, you know, certain songs. Right. And if someone said, you know, name me the titles which to represent the band, represent the album that is from this album. There's a, you know, I could reel off a bunch, you know. Um, which I'd be happy with, you know. Um, Commodity Awakening, definitely. We're going to do um, our next video for that. Last Exit, to change your mind. Crucify All the Leaders. Murderers Right Society. Dead Dead. Uh, you know, I'm happy with all of these songs. But the faster songs on the album, which are kind of like, you know, it can be tough up there, yeah. in the backs. Crucify the leaders. We all, we all, we, we need to keep the speed in the band as well. You know that's important too. So um, how's the how's the how's the new tracks been going down live? Because you you mentioned that people well, were familiar with the first record, but then you're putting something which is essentially brand new out for yeah. them. You know. Well, we I think I think that because we've been you know because we've been doing like the gigs that we've been doing recently, we're still really coming back, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've. We've only put in a couple of the new songs, and, right. and I just think that the new songs have just they've made the perfect impression, you know, which I which we wanted to make, you know. And I think that people are glad that they're hearing that. I mean, when we when we open up, uh, we, we don't open up with it. We have a, we've been opening up with Enemy Lines, so right. the first song of the first album, and then we go straight into Crucible, which is the first song of the second album, and a lot of people sympathise. With what? Well, sorry, empathise with what we're saying there because yeah, I mean, we are all sick and tired of what these so-called leaders. You know, give us a leader. You know, it's, it's got. <laughs> you know, when we were younger, we were kind of like, you know, we don't want any leaders. Yeah, screw all the leaders. You know, fuck all the leaders. Yeah. And then we kind of went through. You know, we got older. We kind of thought to ourselves, you know, there's going to be leaders. So which ones are we going to side with? And, and now we're at this point where it's like, no, they've all disappointed us. All of them. You know, where is 
a leader that we can believe in. If anything, we're all actually just kind of like, it's damage limitation. Well, let's go for the one that we hate the least. Well, that, that's the only move any of us can make right now. You know, we've yeah. we just got to vote in. Like, who are you going to vote for? You can't vote for Johnson because he's a lying Tory prick. And there's nah, no... you can't vote for him. If you've got a single brain cell, yeah. just one, maybe not even a whole one. <laughs> you, you just you can't. can't. Vote for him. No. He's a laughable idiot. And to top it all off, he's a ship jumper. You know, he's one of these people he'll he'll wind everyone up, he'll make suggestions, get everyone on board, and then he'll turn around and fuck off. Yeah, but the thing is he, he's a populist as well. He just says what he thinks is going to be popular and he'll jump on that bandwagon and ride that right till the end until the wheels fall off. off. Yeah, yeah. And he'll let, he'll let that bandwagon roll down the road with no driver. Yeah, uh, re- regardless of who of, of the cost it's going to take on the rest of us. But so I can't, see, I can't in any good conscience vote for someone like Corbyn as well who just sits on the fence, doesn't make himself known, has no sort of discernible position about what's going to happen next. It's a tricky one, isn't it? I yeah. think the problem, uh, the problem is none of them are really saying what they what we want them to say. Yeah. Um, and quite often that is because they may be getting backed by people. Yeah. You know, that, that the whole party is receiving funding from someone that, you know, that they themselves, they're not particularly comfortable with. And that's that's the issue, isn't it? Well, that's the money. How how can you take that money off someone if you don't believe in their position? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it's just it's just it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. And the thing is, well, which is which is why really you know it's better if you know really to kind of like say, okay, look, I'll have you know I'll, I'm prepared to have less money in life. I'm prepared to be a, you know, whatever, be poorer or to yeah. have less material items but just to feel better yeah but see I don't mind who I am I don't mind pay, end, I don't mind paying extra tax if that tax is going to go to the NHS if that cash is going to go to supporting schools or providing services that the community needs I don't mind that that doesn't bother me in the slightest but it would, that's not the way it works you know yeah I mean I've just come from the hospital today because my mum's in the hospital she's been in there for a long time yeah and um, I just don't feel for him, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a guy on the ward that just won't. I mean, he, my mum's been in this hospital for six weeks, seven weeks. Jeez. And there's a guy who's in a, a room on the ward and he repeatedly just screams at the top of his voice, no, just repeatedly. Now, obviously, he shouldn't really be there because no. he's just disturbing everyone. Yeah. So, but where, where, uh, you know, where would you go otherwise, you know? Condition and he, and he, he, he needs to be some... Because he's really bringing everyone down. Yeah. But where would you go otherwise? Because there's no funding to send him to maybe a psych ward or get the help he needs. Because it's just... So you, we've been stripped back. So let's get back to happier stuff. Let's talk about the... <laughs> get back to your new record, brother. Cause... Yeah. Well, I'm in, I'm in this whole thing at the moment. It's my dad's funeral in like a... Oh, mate, I, 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 I just want to tell you how sorry I was for that. I was so it's heartbreaking to see it, you know, because I've been there and I know what it, I would, I know what it's like. And it's just well, he was he at the end of his life, you know, he was really his 
life quality was very poor. He was he was in pain. Yeah. And he was just hanging on and hanging on, and it was like, Dad, you know, you're a real fighter. You, know, you just won't let go. His very last words that he said were, "I'm still here." <laughs> you know, and we, oh. we just thought, Dad, you know. Yeah, mate. He's obviously he was obviously scared of, of going, you know. But yeah. I mean, I was, you know, we were all with him, you know. I was with him a lot. I was with him, you know, right up to the end, and he wasn't alone. So that's something, brother. You know what I mean? That's something that takes you know, all we of could, it. We could talk to him, let him know that we were there, hold his hand, you yeah. know. Yeah. I thought there was one time when I saw him, and he he nearly went. And he stopped breathing. I was watching him. I was thinking, fucking hell, have you just died? And then after 30 seconds, he just suddenly started breathing again. And his eyes just opened up really wide as if to say, oh, fuck, that was close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, mate, fucking hell. So what what are the touring plans, this new record now? Are you getting back out next? I know you just finished the Wild Hearts tour. Yeah, we've got one gig tomorrow. Right. January and then we're going to have a run of like 18 shows right in January February March April there'll be like 18 shows right which are which which um, well we've organised it ourselves well I've pretty much organised it but like we've done it ourselves thanks to a handful of great people um Steve Pod is, is one of them. So, basically, I did like a bit of a shout out on Facebook. Uh, I want to organise some shows. Is anyone able to help me? I had a bunch of great people like come back, and what I found out was that there's lots of you know promoters all over the country, and they're doing a fine job. And, and the main thing is, is obviously, you know, be re- realistic. Don't overcharge. You know, just kind of go out for you know. We just, you know, we want to play, and as long as we cover certain costs, you know, we, we want to get out there, promote the album, you know, and, and, you know, we know that if we're doing a gig with a promoter, then he's going to put some love and care into it, and he's going to get the people there. And you know that a lot of these kind of shows up and down the country, the promoters created a good vibe, and people turn up because they kind of, they trust him, they trust that he'll put on a good night. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. If, as long as the promoter's got a good reputation and he knows the band he's working with and the audience he's going to present it to, that's going to be the it's going to be a great show. Yeah, so we've got like eighteen of these, you know, really cool, really nice kind of DIY shows with these different promoters all over the all over the UK. You know, and, and it's. You know, I'm really looking forward to all of these. It, it, you know, then after that, we've got another run of shows, and then it starts getting into the festival territory. So, but at the moment we're going on, I mean, we're going to be gigging throughout 2020, Tim. That's going to be awesome, mate. Yeah, it's what we've got to do. Well, yeah, just, the thing is, remind me to put you in touch with Chris, the promoter I know down here as well. Yeah, you should. Will do. But, have you been surprised by the reaction to this record? Oh, yeah, it's been magic, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, and it's been 
well, a number of things. I mean, he's been emotional, you know. He's just, yeah, yeah. You know, I can pull out quotes from these reviews, which is obviously what I'm going to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's been very, very touching, emotional, and rewarding. And, oh, it's just a bunch of things. But it, it's, uh, yeah, it's been great. I've, I've, I've loved every second of it. But in fact, you know, you should always, I always believe, you know, enjoy it, but also when someone gives you a bad review, you know, don't take it too hard, you know. No, it's just, it's just one person's opinion though, you know what I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And the good's far out, as far as I can make out, the positive is far outweighing the negative with this record. Yeah, I'm, I'm just really over the moon with, but you know, the band's great, the band, uh, a killer, you know, the killer band, we've got, Fozzie on the drums, we've got Simon Martin on bass guitar, we've got Richard Gumbel on rhythm guitars, and he does some vocals as well. And we've got um, there's a guy, sometimes Richard, he, you know, he's got a quite a high pressure job, sometimes he can't come out with us and do a show. When that happens, we have a, a his friend, basically one of his, his old best mate, David Pistolas. Right. And he was in a band with Richard. And so they kind of like, they do it together. They stay in touch and they say, look, can you not, you know, I'm having problems with this gig. Can you fill in for me? So we've always got a lineup that is a good lineup. We've always got the best lineup that we can have. We can always do a gig, you know. We don't have to turn the gigs down, you know. Well, that's, that's the good, that's the thing. I mean, like now... It, it feels like you found yourself again. You know what I mean? And you, something's been missing has come back. It's, it's almost like you've travelled, like you said, full circle with this record. I also I think it's because I've started singing again and kind of just having a little bit of confidence with the singing and not, maybe not caring a, a little bit about, you know, I, I was always so self-conscious about my voice. I hated my voice. Right. And, and now I just don't worry about it. I just get on with it, you know. And uh, and I think that by going, by stepping up as the lead singer, you know, I'm able to have, like, a band around me that they can enjoy themselves, they can get involved, they all harmonise, which is great. And, you know, because we've, we've done so many gigs together, not necessarily as Jane and Stark, because, you know, the, the guys that comprised Jane the Stark. We've been doing like a bunch of, we've been playing covers as well for the last, God knows how many years, you know, just for fun. Right. And we did that literally just for fun. And I'll be honest, we played a hell of a lot of Beatles songs. <laughs> oh, so, oh, and, so uh, this band now, you're with a, with a Dizzy Lizzy's or Dizzy Miss Lizzy's? Well, yeah. I mean, we, honestly, all it was, I'll tell you how that started, right? We're friends with Pete Best. Oh, okay. First, the first Beatles drummer before Ringo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I met Pete Best, and uh, he was having like a festival where he was playing. You know, um, the best fest. You know. Right. So um, I said, look, and I lied. I said, I've got uh, like a Beatle tribute band. Is there any chance that we can play with you? <laughs> And he said, that'd be great. 
So, so he was excited, so I thought, fuck, I've got to form a band now. <laughs> so I, I basically got like some, some mates of mine, and Fozzy, he'd already done like a reunion Jane of Stark gig with me anyway, because we, me and Shop actually did a reunion Jane of Stark show in 2009, and Pinch couldn't do it, so he got Fozzy to do it. Right. So, so the same guys, excluding Shop, Simon Martin was play bass uh, in this thing so we did this gig supporting Pete Best you know one of my you know heroes really and uh, so we literally formed just to do that one gig but then after that we thought well we've done this should we do some more for fun and it was just for fun but people were getting excited because we were doing harmonies everywhere we were going and people like that yeah we were doing three part harmonies all over the and we were rocking up everything that we did. I mean, you know, we did we'd do something like, uh, let's say, like you know, um, you know, we'd do like a Beatles song and really play it with a load of like punky rocky attitude you know right thing is with the beatles that was all i heard when i was little because my mom's like a massive beatles fan because because where i'm from i'm from walton in like halewood that area in liverpool and she used to go and see the beatles play the cavern all the time so all that she all as far as she's concerned music begins and ends with the beatles and there's nothing in between so I kind of overdosed on that when I was younger, and I can't. I still can't listen to the Beatles to this day. You find it difficult to sort of like see the light. Well, I mean, let me let me just kind of like give you a little like little tip. Let me just try and give you a tip, right? Right. They've they've got this song, and it's called "If I Fell." And as you just listen to the intro chords, right? You've got this this thing. See, you're making that sound like the Stooges now. I mean, that's a, that's a work of genius. You make it sound like... Because it sounds like the Stooges there. <laughs> but the way all the, 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 the chords are a work of genius, it's just... Um, I'm just so into the way they, they did this whole kind of chord thing, you know? I mean, these opening two chords, these things... <laughs> That, yeah. yeah. So what's the, what's next for Jane of Stark and Giz? Yeah, the album out. It's like look, we want people to hear the album. I mean, you know, this is. I have to treat this as if, you know, you, you have to live for the moment. Right. You know, and this is the moment. So right now, it's all about, uh, you know, I'll do what I can to get people to hear this album, even if I have to, you know, send it to them, give it to them. Do you know what I mean? If I have to. Yeah, but you want them to buy it. You don't want to be giving it away. That's, I want that's the whole. I want people to buy it. Of course, I want yeah. people to buy it. I want them to want to buy it. 
Right. So, you know, when we do a gig, we're going to put on the best gig we possibly can. We're not going to stay still. We're going to fucking leap around, even if it kills us. I, I can't yeah. see how you. I mean, you've got a couple. You've got a couple of years on me, and I feel like I'm fucking falling apart, mate. So believe me, mate. So do I. <laughs> but you're still you know, getting up there and putting your all into it, like you know. My knees, my knees are. They, you know, luckily enough, between the last show and now, yeah. my knees have had a chance to recover. But you know, at the end of the while that I was taught, my knees were fucked. Oh, it's fucking, mine are fucking shot just from just strolling around normally, like you know. It's it's, it's got to be a an age thing, right? I'm, I'm, well, I I live in a three story house. You can imagine what my knees feel like. <laughs> you know, when you left your phone upstairs, you're like, fuck. Oh no no no. And then when you come down, you left your teeth. <sighs> fucking hell. And, and it's then just. And that that's when the tears start flowing and you you start feeling like I'm I'm a forty seven year old man, I shouldn't be crying, you know. That's right. I'm fifty three. <laughs> Mate, you see you know, Dude, I, I I like I said, this new record is just out there. Like I I couldn't believe it. it's it's one of my records of the year. Quite literally. I'm glad. I'm so glad you like it. You know what I mean? It's just couldn't be happier. And hey, now hey. Go on, Ed. Because I know you really like that war dance track. Yeah, yeah. So, right, so there's a song on the new album called In the Backs. Yes. That's it. Blatant bad brains influence. Oh, well, yeah, but you can't fault the bad brains. You know, no, no, if, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. No, if you put bad, if see, if you put a bad, if any band puts bad brains, a bad brains influence in their music, they've got me straight away. That's it. End of story. Because they are possibly, yeah, my second favorite band of all time. Oh yeah. It's got to be something to do with the word bad. You put the word bad in your name, and that's it. You got me. Absolutely. I mean, not to know. Well, as you know, bad brains were like a jazz fusion band. Yeah. And then. Uh, Oh, so that would be the raw tape, wouldn't it? it was, uh, yeah. Green color. Yes, that's 82, 83. Yeah, and all that. At the time, uh, you know, I was in the Destructors, so we were, uh, I was kind of like, kind of. <laughs> like that. And then all of a sudden I heard this, this guy that was kind of like going for more, this kind of. He's just left the dam, didn't he? Yeah, I don't, I don't have any answers for you there. I can't, I can't, can't really, I don't know why. Right. Anyway, so you've got a 
come on, this is time for you to sell this record. Sell this, sell this new, sell Angel in the Flames to all the kids out there. Come on. Well, you know, the way I would put it is that we have endeavoured to make like the greatest possible punk record of our time and our life. So we have done what we can and taken our influences, like you know, what we believe have been our favourite and the greatest influences of punk. You know, I mean, of course, there's many. But the main thing is that we've, we wanted to really put our entire, our life essence into it and, and everything that we put down, we wanted it to have this energy and this massive, like, you know, love, really. Right. Every single note that comes out of it, you know, it was all about pricking up the ears and it was all about kind of like giving you a rush and, you know, letting you feel... Yeah, feel good, and also, you know, feel like there's, there's something going on, and you know, get get in, you know, do it yourself, try it yourself, pick up a guitar, get on the drums, sing, you know, why not? You know, we can all do it. it doesn't matter what age you are, you know, just just do it, you know, live, and you know that's what we wanted to do, and we really we weren't going to stop, and we weren't going to be happy with half-hearted stuff we we have to come away thinking this is the very best thing that we can do right now you know and 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 if we die then we're happy that we've done this we've managed to do this we've got this out my point of view on this i've been listening to your music for 30 odd years yeah yeah it's the best thing you've done since that war dance demo <laughs> end the fucking story that's it great okay yeah. but look talking to you yep i'm gonna put down my act <laughs> listen we'll catch up somewhere down the road one of these days we'll have a couple of yeah. beers and we'll sort the we'll put the fucking world to rights mate cheers guys i'll speak to you soon brother cheers soon if you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer look no further than engineer records sponsors of mass movement presents Okay, cool. That was Giz Butt. That wraps up that interview. Thanks again for everybody downloading uh, this episode. Um, like I said, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are sponsored by the wonderful Engineer Records. Engineer Records. Check them out for all your hardcore needs. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so any shout-outs you want to give? Yeah, we'll give a shout-out to, to Barney. Cause yeah, he's the, he's the man. Uh, shout-out to Western Oaks. Western Oaks, because you know, that dude is one of the greatest writers yeah, around the moment. Um, Shout out to uh, Gizbert for the, the great interview with with him. Nice one, Giz. Yeah. Shout um, out for uh, to Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat for uh, terrible uh, for, ter- for an awesome <laughs> version of Dracula. Bellend. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a shout out to the Dragon too. And if you haven't checked them out yet, check them out. Paris Press Records and Tension. It'll be out next week. Superb record. Amazing. And that's about it. So we'll see it. you next time. See you next time. Ta ta. Bye bye. Thank you.